Well, hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you once again for listening in. Uh, in today's uh, podcast, uh, we're going to have a, a guest. To me, every time I bring somebody on, it's always special to me because most of these people have made an influence or an impact in my life in one way or another. Uh, this gentleman today, I, I think that uh, we were in a mastermind together, and he uh, really was one that probably brought me more encouragement than just about anybody in the room not just in the area of business and encouraging me uh, in, in regard to growth in my business, but also I think maybe even more importantly is uh, the, the focus of why uh, we do what we do. And that is to uh, bring uh, glory to our, uh, to our Lord and Savior. And with this week being uh, Christmas week, and I'm uh, gonna try to get this out before the Christmas holiday as we wrap up 2022, I, I really do hope, and we will talk a lot about business, and I'll give Glenn's bio here in just a moment, but we will talk a lot about business, and uh, and I think you'll find a lot of tremendous value from a, from a man who has a lot of wisdom to give in the, as it relates to business, but I think more importantly, as we uh, focus a little bit on the reason for uh, this time of the year, and I think really what really should be the reason behind our businesses. This is Glenn Stromberg, uh, a really good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, and, and uh, Glenn, I appreciate you being on the podcast today and, and for joining us. Josh, it's uh, absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, I'm proud of you. Like I say, man, this this is awesome that you know that you're doing these podcasts and uh, you're doing a great job, and I, it's it's an honor to be here today. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate that. So, uh, Glenn Stromberg of Strom Stromberg Investment Group, and Glenn, I think you're in about four or five states now, if I if I remember correctly, Correct. and Correct. Uh, most I think in the in the south and, and in the east. But Glenn, for decades, has been a leader in manufactured homes on land, and what he calls uh, the best kept secret in real estate investing. And really, uh, Glenn has been responsible for changing the conversation and paradigm of how investors and homeowners view mobile homes. Additionally, Glenn works with investors in building and maintaining wealth through real estate. So just kind of a little bit of what uh, what Glenn does, and he'll probably talk a little bit about this as we work through the podcast. So, Glenn, uh, you're you're originally from up in this area where I'm at in the Chicagoland area, if I remember correctly, I think Elk Grove Village, uh, and uh, you kind of grew up there. And and uh, for any of you that are listening, if you're kind of familiar with uh, for from those of us that are in the Chicagoland area, uh, kind of very much a blue collar, um, kind of really hard nosed um, uh, area. Uh, my dad worked in a steel mill. Uh, I think uh, I think your dad was maybe in a construction trade or uh, something to that effect. And and so kind of that just you know we get up early, we work our backsides off all day, we grind, we pay the bills, uh, we support our families, we were you know try to be try to be good fathers in our in our homes, good husbands uh, to our to our wives. But really kind of that drive of of kind of having a uh, a work ethic. And I know your dad instilled it in you. I've heard you talk about that. But can you tell us a little bit about your journey from uh, from Elk Grove Village, kind of growing up in that blue collar style home, uh, to uh, really being a successful entrepreneur? Yeah, thank, yeah, really good, Josh. And you're right. I mean, my dad was a mason contractor, did a little bit of building in the Chicago land area. Uh, my dad still lives in Oak Grove Village, by the way, and so I go back there three times a year and so forth. But yeah, the thing that I remember as 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 a kid was I'd get up really early in the morning. He'd already be up doing blueprints, and he'd be up at four thirty five in the morning getting after it. And so yeah, I think he did instill that work ethic in me. And um, you know, he also he he also you know always told me you know if you don't go to college and get a degree, you'll probably end up being a bricklayer's labor the rest of your life or a bricklayer. And I knew I didn't want to do that because that was hard work. It was, uh, it taught me, it really did teach me hard work, you know, throwing, throwing block up three scaffolds high and then climbing up and throwing mortar behind it and stuff like that. And I knew I didn't want to do that the rest of my life. So I went to college, got a business degree. And shortly thereafter, I moved to, I moved to Texas. I moved to the Dallas, I moved to the Dallas Fort Worth area. And I've been here ever since. And, you know, I look at it that everything, 
God's got a reason for everything. And, and, and I just, I woke up one, one night in the middle of the night and I had a couple of friends that moved here the year before. And I said, you know what, I'm going to move to Texas. I'm going to try it for six months. If I don't like it, I'll come back and uh, been here ever since. And everything's worked out great. So. And I'm sure you don't miss the cold winters that uh, we're about ready to face up here. I do not miss that at all. No, I don't. So that's, that's something I don't miss. So. So uh, you are, and I, I've heard this, uh, and as far as descriptors of you, as kind of being someone who really um, leads and operates from a, a place of authenticity and I think trustworthiness and, and kind of uh, having the opportunity to get to know you. I think uh, those are both uh, true. And with your humility, you may not acknowledge that necessarily, but uh, I think that those are, those are two important traits. But what core values, you think about a business owner, what core values should a business owner really possess if he or she is going to succeed in decades uh, in business like you have? You know, and it, to me, it all starts out with honesty and doing business right, right? And, and really, I tell our team this at every meeting that we have. We really, we don't, we really only have to worry about two metrics. Number one is, exceed expectations for our investors and exceed expectations for our tenants. If we do those two things in our business model, we don't have to worry about us. Right. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just, it's the golden rule, treating people the way that you want to be treated, you know, you know, no matter, no matter if it's employees, if it's, if it's tenants, investors, you know, just treat people the way that you want to be treated. Right. And so that's, those are our main core values. And, and um, you know, when, when we, when we keep our eye on that, we can't help but to do good as a business also. As you look back uh, kind of on your journey through entrepreneurship, uh, if you were consulting or mentoring a, a business owner, I think of, you know, back when you really kind of helped mentor me a little bit, somebody who's really trying to figure things out. Maybe they're in those early stages of business. Uh, they're kind of just kind of grinding it out, uh, working long hours. And, uh, you know, they, they seem to just really struggle to even get to the point of seeing any sort of profitability in a business. What would you say to that, that business owner? Boy, that is an easy one. You know, expand your network, get in mastermind groups. You know, the book Think and Grow Rich, I was fortunate to read that when I got out, you know, when I first got out of college and they had it right. You know, the, 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 the top people that back then, I think it was in the 1920s, the top people, they, they, all, they all attributed their success to mastermind groups. You and I have been in multiple mastermind groups, still are. And, you know, I always use this, this, this phrase, sometimes your hand's right in front of your face and you can't see it and other people help you see it, right? And, you know, so I would, I would encourage young people, if you're trying to do it on an island by yourself, you'll never, I, I you know, you can, you can, you can, you can run a business. It can be fairly successful, everything else, but you'll never get where you're supposed to be without other people in your life. And, and to me, it's real simple too. I, I, I tell young, cause I do mentor a lot of young people and I tell young people this all the time. This is real simple. Go find someone who's where you want to get to and go find out how they did it. It's not, it's not any more complicated than that. It's not rocket science, right? And I tell people, tell them you'll work for them for nothing. You'll, you'll get their coffee, drive them around every day. They're going to pay you, of course. But, you know, but go and learn from them so you don't make all those mistakes. And if I had a rewind, that's what I would have done instead of making all the mistakes that I made. So that, that, that's, that's my answer. I, I, you know, to that point, I kind of take a look back and, and I think that's, and I think even for a lot of people I know, that's the number one uh, reason. Um, that you can see more of in a tangible way that really kind of help them propel their business and, and really propel them as an individual into being the uh, individual that they needed to be was getting themselves around the people that they needed to. Uh, that old line that uh, we are the five, average of the five people with whom we spend the most time. 
um, to make that sure that- That is so true. That is so true, that statement. It really is. To make sure that we're getting people around us consistently that are, are feeding us good thoughts, um, really helping us make sure we have the proper mindset and, uh, and then uh, also help give us the direction that we need to be able to, to push our business forward. Um, kind of all, uh, kind of taking this a step further. So a business owner, even someone like myself, kind of in the point that, you know, we've kind of passed that profit stage and really now to the point of scaling, uh, we're, you know, as far as top line revenue isn't an issue, finding customers is no longer an issue. Um, we have other types of struggles. Uh, so if you were mentoring uh, someone in, in my seat, uh, someone in a, in a place where they're past profit, they've reached a profit stage, and they're, they're kind of really in that scale stage, what sort of advice or direction would you provide that, uh, that business owner? Well, for scaling, and obviously, I, I always go back to the you know, traction, right? The entrepreneurial operating system. We could have never scaled without coming up with the systems and the processes that we did, right? The way we were, we were just kind of, we, we had our own systems, but they, they, we couldn't have scaled with them. So, so getting an entrepreneurial operating system, you know, our mutual friend, Eddie Wilson does a deal called empire, which is fantastic. And, and getting, getting, getting an, an entrepreneurial operating system in place. But, you know, the real key to scaling is, is getting the right people. I mean, if, if you know, it's, not, it's, it's not rocket science there either. If you got the wrong people, you, you, you won't get there. If you get the right people, you will get there. And, 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 one of the things, Josh, that I've learned, too, is a lot of entrepreneurs have a problem paying people what they're worth. Good people know, know what they're worth. Okay. And you've got to be willing to pay them. And it's to me, it's not an expense. It's an investment because your people and I have I, learned this in my career. People make you look way better than you are or they make you look way worse than you are. It, it's just it's just that simple. And so so, yeah, I, I am very blessed and fortunate to have an awesome team, just an awesome team. And, and they make me look good. And 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 and, and that, like what 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 all the entrepreneurial operating systems preaches. And it's so true. And I never understood this when I heard it the first couple of years that a visionary, a CEO, which I am, is supposed to work on the business, not in the business. And and I, I'll tell you this and I have learned this. I've learned this firsthand that. When you're working on the business, not in the business, you'll see things that you, you've never seen before. You can give better direction to the company. When you're working in the business, I like to say you're in the weeds and you really can't see the things that have to be done. And, um, and one other thing, too, when, when you're scaling, this is really important. Every entrepreneur who is doing well and making good profits, right? You know, there's a temptation there. Well, I'll keep this for me, right? This is good. This is a good bonus, right? But you can't look, you know, I did, I've learned that I don't really look at it that way. I separate myself from the company. It's two separate, two separate deals. And I, and, and I look at it that you try to get a vision of where you're going and how do we get there? And then taking that excess capital to, to, to grow the business, to bring the people in, to grow the business and to get it to where you want to go. Then the money will follow later down the road, but you got to be willing to make that investment. So kind of what, I, what I'm hearing there um, is it kind of goes beyond just the, uh, the goal of making a profit or hitting absolutely. Some sort oh, of absolutely. A, a revenue number, but to have some sort of a purpose or a cause that, that's much greater than us or the business that we have. Um, so that becomes the, the fuel uh, in order to kind of push us forward through, these, uh, uh, through scaling and then eventually uh, into, into the legacy phase of, of business. 
Absolutely. And I believe, I believe this too. If people just focus on the money, they're, they're never going to get there. They're never going to be happy. And it just, it's not, there's no purpose behind your business if all you're doing is focus on the money. So that that's, that's absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Cause we only can have so much. We can only spend so much, um, but to take some of that and invest it in, uh, in, in people and in other yes. areas, extremely important. So you've been in a, in an entrepreneur and in a, in an investor, a real estate investor through business cycles, you know, especially uh, I think back into, into 2008, and uh, an area, and I've, I've heard you talk about this before, that um, was kind of a transition time for you, as it was for so many people that were, um, that were in, the, in the space. Saw a lot of business owners fail during this time. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't make it. And of course, you're not just that business cycle or that uh, disruption, but also others as well. Um, so uh, when you kind of take a look back at, at that time period in specific, how should a business owner prepare for the next re- uh, next recession or next crisis that we may be dealing with? Of course, we had the, the COVID, uh, you know, last year, um, we think back to 2008. And then, you know, even, you know, earlier on in your career, you kind of, you know, you lived through the kind of the difficult years of the, of the, you know, late 70s and early 80s when with the recession and, and whatnot. So you've seen many business cycles. How do you advise a client as far as to prepare um, uh, for that next recession or, or crisis? Yeah, great question. And, you know, like I say, I just, just, just to give the listeners a, a feel for the 2000, my 2008 story, which you know, is like I was fixing and flipping manufactured homes like I do today. Okay. I was doing the same thing and life was good. I was working out of my house. I think I was doing three a month, making $30,000 a piece per house. So I was doing great. Right. Then when, when the, when 2008, when the crash hit, the capital markets froze. I couldn't give away a house. I mean, you you, there's, you couldn't sell. It just uh, they no one no one was buying. No one was financing. It was it just it just froze, right? So, so I didn't have a choice. I had to learn my current model. I went out and interviewed property management companies because at the time I think I had eighteen properties that were that that were you know, I, I couldn't sell, right? So I had to put tenants in them because I, I had investors and I'd re- I always tell, uh, I always say this, I, I'd rather take a bullet to, to the head than not pay my investors, right? So I had to redo my, redo my whole business model, put investors in or put in tenants in the property, develop the property management system. And it's funny how it works because now it turned out to be the biggest blessing in disguise. The first of the month, our, 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 our month is made, right? We've already, we've got the money coming in. And um, so I would encourage people to, the, the question's not if another reset or crash is coming, it's coming. I don't know when. I, I, I always joke about this. I, honestly, I thought it was going to happen three years ago, but but it, it's, you know, to me, something just doesn't smell right out there right now. And, and I, I, I feel like there's something's coming, right? I feel like something's coming and the history books, you know, something is coming. I don't know when, though, right? So I think every entrepreneur has to think in their business model, how do I prepare for when it happens? I think that's where people get in trouble they think that it's always going to keep going like this. It's always going to be good. Nothing's going to happen. And then they get caught. They get caught in trouble. So. Okay. So you're, um, you have been, and you continue to be a leader in changing the conversation paradigm as it relates to uh, mobile home, both as a president and an investment. Uh, how does someone become a leader in changing a paradigm, changing the way that people look at a, uh, you know, in the case with, with mobile homes, of course, a lot of people, they think, you know, immediately of, of trailers. Okay. Kind of what we, what we know technically is being kind of this personal property type investing. Uh, and you've really kind of come in and kind of changed uh, really how I think both homeowners and also investors look at this. And um, I think for, for all of us that really want to kind of make a, 
make an impact. Of course, you have people out there that are influencers, right? Which is as you talk a lot and don't really produce much of anything. Uh, but someone that really truly wants to kind of make a change, change the conversation, change the paradigm like you have. How does someone go about doing that? Oh boy, that's that's a tough one. I mean, you know, I, I look at it, you know, God's given me a platform. Okay. So I, I I look at it that way, number one. So, but what what you know when I started my model, right? This was in 2006, and you know, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start leasing out mobile homes, right? Or 2008 in that area. The uh, everyone said you can't do that. That doesn't, nobody does that. That doesn't work, right? Well, I go, no, it's gonna work. I just know it's gonna work, right? And and you know, um, part of it's education, right? I, I I'm on a lot of podcasts. I'm in a lot of mastermind groups. I I'm very fortunate. I'm asked to speak at events and 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 you know, at IRA events and things like that. And it's it just kind of funny because what I'll do when I speak, and I, I'm sure you've seen this, I, I'll show I'll show a picture of an old 1970 12 by 60, you know, mobile home that's metal sided, has tires on the roof. And I go, how many people think this is what a mobile home looks like? 80% of the hands go up. Then I show them the stuff that we buy. And they're beautiful. They're 1,500, 2,000 square foot. They have every amenity a single family home has. They're on a half an acre to an acre track of land. And people go, whoa, I had no idea. And, and, you know, I've said this before, but my dad came to Texas to go look at 15 of my properties. And he's got, a, you know, once again, a tremendous construction background. He looked at him and he goes, whoa, these are built better than most of the track houses in Chicago. I said, I told you they're good, right? So, so yeah, I, I've been given just over time, just with the podcasts I've been on, the speaking events, and yes, I've been given a platform. Uh, you know, I'm part of Think Realty, American Association of Private Lenders. We've gone to Washington to talk to Congress, and so gotten a platform there. And uh, and, and and actually, it's kind of things are starting to head in our direction too. Like Ben Carson, the former you know HUD secretary, he was a big advocate of manufactured homes. And I think today there's such there is such a affordability crisis in America that they're going to have to they're going to have to loosen up the zoning and, and and just for your viewers too, when people think of mobile homes and where they're at, they think of mobile home parks, right? They're all lined up and they're you know just single wides. There, this isn't what we're talking about. These are individual homes that are on a half an acre an acre track of land. They have a deed of trust or a mortgage on them, just like a single family house. Um, they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And, you know, like, like they're, they're just, they're, they're just a great place to live. And they're, and you, they're a half to the third of a cost of a, of a, of a site built home. And, and the rents are proportionally much, much higher. But, um, you know, I think, you know, to, to just dive deeper on your question, how does someone become an influencer in their industry? You know, by getting that presence, right, and, and, and networking, just like we talked about, networking, getting in the groups, making the contacts, and uh, and you know when you have when you and, and if you have a passion for what you do in your industry, it will show. And and you know, like I say, in my case, God made a way from to give me a platform to to do it. So it's been it's been really cool. It's been really cool, and it's a lot of fun. So. You, I know you probably wouldn't say this about yourself, but you've kind of really done the the right thing for the right reason for a really long time. Well, and uh, I kind of well, think that, um, you know, for all of us who, um, you know, I, I'm not too many years younger than you are, but, uh, you know, that kind of looks at someone like you. And I think that maybe one thing uh, that we can specifically learn from you, uh, regardless if we're looking for a platform, whatever the case may be, but uh, to always uh, do the right thing for the right reason uh, for really for the entirety of our lives. Sure. So, 
The, um, the first time I heard you speak, um, you know, you, you talked about, uh, and it, it was at a mastermind presentation. It was a smaller group, I don't know, maybe 30 of us or so. And, and, uh, and I heard you speak. And every time that, uh, that I heard you speak, you talk about, you know, two things. You always talk about what you did, um, which was, uh, you know, the, the concepts you just talked about as it relates to, to mobile homes. Uh, but you also uh, talked a, a lot about um, God's role in your life. As uh, as kind of him being the the CEO of your life and your business, and I had never heard that concept before. You know, I've always you know I'd heard you know, growing up in a you know in a in a in a home where uh, the you know, we we went to church and these types of things, and we kind of I think sometimes put kind of God in this box, right? That so God is kind of you know we we deal with him you know kind of in our morning, maybe in our spiritual time. We we go to church on Sundays, you know that type of thing. But there seemed to be kind of this, this line that was drawn, this barrier that you know, kind of want to enter my business. God just kind of like, yeah, he's there, but is he, is, he, is he really truly there? And I know every time I heard you speak, you talk about this concept. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and what practically does that look like? Yeah, and let me tell you the story how I got there, okay? I mean, to be, to be completely honest, for a whole bunch of years, I was a lukewarm Christian that just, you know, I did what I did. And then, okay, God, bail me out. If I, if I did, I said, okay, I needed your help here. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I was a believer, but, but, you know, I, I, I wasn't all in. Right. And, and, and we, we, we had a guy come to our church and, and, you know, he, he, he preached a, he preached a beautiful message on is God really the CEO of your life and of your business. And, you know, honestly, like, you know, I, I was like, no, he's not. And for like two nights, I really couldn't really sleep right. I was going, okay, because, you know, he talked about, you know, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible says, oh, you know, I wish you were hot or cold, but if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth, right? Well, and I go, okay, well, you're going to, I'm going to get spewed if I keep up this up. So <laughs> I knew that was, that was the, old. so I got, I, about two days later, I just, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to make you the CEO of my life and of my, of our business, you know, and, and every morning I am going to, I tell them that every morning, you are the CEO of my life. You are the CEO of our business. Lead me, guide me, direct me today. And I'm going to trust because you said, Lord, if I ask you will, you will honor this, that what you put inside of me is from you. And Josh, I, I, you know, I, I, you've heard me say it. I, from that day forward, I just, I mean, I just made better decisions. I just, you know, there, there's time. I mean, have I still made mistakes? Absolutely. Okay. So this, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to make that sound like that, but uh, on the major things, you know, when I consult and of course, you know, the, the, the book of Proverbs says, you know, get, 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 get wisdom, get, you know, surround yourself with people, get wisdom, which the mastermind groups help and God puts people in your life. But from the day that I did that, everything changed and the business has just skyrocketed. And um, my person, you know, personally, I'm just, I, I'm just in a much better place, a much better relationship uh, where I used to struggle to get up and for, and, and, you know, pray and, pray and listen to the word for five minutes. Now they're now most mornings I do it for an hour to an hour and a half. And it's not, it's not even, it's, I, I, I look forward to when I get up in the morning. So, uh, you know, like I say, that, that's, that's what, that's what it's done for me. And, and I encourage, you know, I encourage people out there, try it. And, and, and I'll, I'll go on record to say it'll, it'll, if it worked for me, it'll work for you too. So there was a, there was a, time and it sounds like even still currently it's very purposeful uh, to where you actually take the time to invite the Lord in to, to make sure that uh, he knows that he's welcome 
in any aspect and every aspect of your life, including your business. And um, that's powerful to, uh, to take that, to know that it's something that, that you do, that is something that we all should be doing to be very purposeful and making sure that we're inviting him in and then, then listening to him as he provides direction and listening to those uh, that, uh, that he uh, chooses to put around us uh, to, to help us both in business and in life. This is a question I ask most every time that I have someone on the podcast. So kind of going back to uh, just uh, business here, but you've worked with hundreds of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs uh, uh, trying to figure out how to become profitable uh, to business owners that are seven, eight, nine figure businesses. And from your experience, what are the top reasons a business either ends up succeeding or failing? You know, once again, I think I said it a little bit earlier, but the focus cannot be on money. You've got to have a bigger purpose. You've got to... Um, you know, when, when, when you, when you really, when you, well, attitude's one, right? Attitude is definitely one. You have to have attitude. You have to have the faith. You really got to know where you're going to. You got to know where you're going and why you're going there. Not everybody should scale. Not everybody should. It's not, there's no, you got to find out your own comfort level. You got to find out where you want to be and what, where, you know, where you should go. But I would say, I would say that, you know, um, you know, I use this analogy all the time. Business is like, and I forget which book it was in, but it's like pumping, it's, it's pumping a water, well, right? Nothing comes out, nothing comes out, nothing comes out. Then all of a sudden, whew, that's been true of every business I've ever done, right? You work, 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 nothing comes out, nothing comes out. Then you go, boom. Then all of a sudden you go, wow, this, this is pretty cool, right? You always hear about that overnight success thing. Well, the overnight success thing, there was a lot of work that went behind the overnight success, right? For not just business, but pro athletes, you know, music, music icons, things like that. You don't hear about all the hard work they did, right? And I would say that is the number one probably the number one characteristic successful people, they don't quit, right? They don't quit. They, 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 they have a goal, they have a vision and nothing will stop them, right? Thinking Grow Rich talked about that, right? That, that there's so many times people are right at, the, right at the point to where they hit the gold and then they stop, right? And so you have to persevere through that, have the faith to do it. And, and tenacity, I would say this too, I would much rather I would much rather work with someone who has average talent and, and tremendous desire than someone with tremendous talent and average desire all day long. The person with the with the tremendous desire will always outperform the one with the the one with the talent and not the desire every time, every time. Because you can you can train, uh, educate to try to develop someone's skill set, uh, trying to add to somebody's character many times just isn't going to happen. And that brings up to, you know, like, like kind of my motto. And of course I didn't make this up. I've heard preachers, I've heard preachers say this and business people say this, but I, I, I've got this in my daily goals too, you know, to love God, love people and stay humble. Okay. Those are those, those three things. And of course, hard work comes into play too. Right. But, but if, if you stay on track with those things, you can't help but to do to, to do good, right? Because the, the one thing that I've seen is there's two things in the Bible I think that God talks about that you can't work with. That's pride and a lazy person. If you, if you don't have, if, if, if those are the only two things I think you can't work with. Anybody who, anybody else he can work with, he could work with just fine. So that, that's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's what I've learned through the years. 
Glenn, if uh, people want to find more about you or to learn a little bit more about what you do, what's the best place for them to get a hold of you? Best place is to go to our website. It's it's uh, www.strombergainvestmentgroup. You, you see the sign, the spelling behind me, strombergainvestmentgroup.com. We have information about our business. We have information, uh, you know, um, you know, like I say, about, about what we do and how we do it. And uh, if anybody ever wanted to chat with me, whatever, we got an information line or a deal that we can, you know, we'd be happy to re happy to reach out. And, and I'm not formally, they can call me too. I, I love helping people. And I love, I love, uh, you know, you know, I, I always consider it an honor when someone calls and asks me, you know, for, for some advice or for, for some help. So. Wonderful. And I know if you just go to YouTube and, and search your name as well, I know there's a uh, quite a bit of tremendous content, other podcasts that you've been on with, with mutual friends of both of ours that um, you talk a little bit more about some of this and uh, as well as a little bit more in the business as well. So we'll put a link to your, to your website in the show notes. Great. Glenn, I, I can't express my gratitude to you enough for taking a few moments and uh, really just giving us a, a tremendous amount of not just knowledge, but uh, wisdom that um, if, you, if you listen to this, I know you probably uh, have jotted down quite a few uh, pointers uh, and, and I think real practical things that we uh, that we should be doing, especially if we uh, wrap up 2021 and enter uh, 2022. So many of us hit reset buttons and uh, I know there's a number of things that uh, we could implement into our life uh, as um, we sat here and, and listened to you talk today. So Glenn, once again, thank you very much. For my listeners, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Thank you once again for listening in. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing. Have a wonderful day.